Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together Live from St. Lucia This is the award-winning stamp show here today Episode number 304 Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Rex. <clears throat> okay, so at PSE, we have a $5 ID fee that we uh, charge people when they uh, have stamps that they're not exactly sure of or whatever. And a fellow sent in a 12 cent. UPU St. Lucia stamp. Uh, it has mercury on it, a picture of red mercury. And he said, it's extremely valuable. And we said, no, it's not. It's worth 35 cents. He said, no, submit it. Submit it. You know, we're going to, I have, I'm going to pay for it. Submit it. So uh, we submitted the stamp. And we were wondering, you know, so then he got it back. And it said it was this St. Lucia 12 cent stamp. And he said, this website here says this is a very, very valuable stamp. And if you do a search for the uh, uh, Rex, was it 10 or 12 most valuable stamps in the world? I think it was 10, right? Yeah, the, 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 right, 10. Yeah, so they had, they had the Mauritius they had the uh, one cent magenta. They had a Great Britain number one, which I understand why it was there. You know, it's not a really valuable stamp, but it is the first stamp. It's really super important. And then it had this 12 cent St. Lucia stamp saying that it was really incredibly valuable and it was $37,000. And everybody here at the office was going, what are we missing? So we pulled out. The, we pulled every catalog we had, and we could not find a catalog that listed even a variety on this stamp. And so, you know, we're thinking, I wonder if this is fraud. I wonder what he's doing. Something like that. And Rex, you actually came up with the answer for this one. What'd you, what did you find? Cause yes, I did. I'll, I'll let me tell you a little bit about this website. This website is a kind of a human interest magazine okay and it's in italian and it's entitled nice guy okay and what they did was they um wrote an article on stamps but they don't know anything about stamps <laughs> and so consequently 
what they wrote was just some information that somebody that did know a little bit about stamps told them. It's a little bit deceptive and not very clear in what it's doing because lots of times it doesn't even tell you what the stamp is or what country it's from. And that was the case on this particular one. You won't find in the description that they put with this stamp anything about Austria. Um, so what what happened was is they are giving you the 10 most valuable stamps and that's really kind of deceptive only two of those are the most valuable the other ones are some of them are valuable but they aren't that valuable uh, compared to some other ones that i could give you that are far more valuable on this particular stamp when i read the description i read a little bit of italian not much and uh, I realized right away that they were talking about Austria number P4. That's what the red mercury is. And let me also say to you, for the help of our, our listeners out there, that when you come across a website like this that's in a different language, there's a really easy thing to do to figure out what they're saying. Just go into Google, and if you know what the language is, and this is Italian, just put into a search in Google and say, uh, translate Italian to English. And then it'll bring up a, uh, a window that you can take and paste in the um, Italian into it, and it'll translate it for you so that you can read what it says. And like I say, they didn't even tell you that it was Austria. And so what happened was, is because this website doesn't know anything about stamps, they got the wrong picture and they just put a picture of a St. Lucia stamp in there and they should have been putting an entirely different picture in and that was what the problem was. Yeah, so and I have I found a little bit more of that and they go, "Well, why did they put that stamp in there?" If you Google well, if you stamp. Well, if you Google mercury on a stamp, it'll take you the first the first thing that shows up in the search is Wikipedia for the Greek god Mercury. Then you gl click on the Greek god Mercury and it shows the postage stamp. It shows this exact picture. It shows the St. Lucia stamp. So what they obviously did was they go Mercury on stamp. They typed it into Google. Yeah. It popped up in Wikipedia and they go, oh, that must be the stamp. So instead of putting a 37,000 euro stamp, which I think is about $40,000 right now, instead of putting a $40,000 stamp picture up there, they put a 40 cent <laughs> picture up there. Off by a couple of zeros there. So the description that they gave, and, I, and the description that they gave in Italian is, is uh, fairly accurate. You know, they tell you about it, and it normally comes in uh, blue, and it also comes in yellow, uh, the design. And um, these are, uh, the, the blue is a common, fairly common stamp, but the yellow and the red are, are fairly scarce, and the red is the one that is the most valuable. Yeah, and uh, from the discussion, the blue, yellow, and red is what tipped you off, because I was thinking, you know, the St. Lucia UPU stamp, those are blue, black, and red. And I go, why do they have yellow there? There is no yellow UPU stamp from St. Lucia. 
Right. So you're so you. This was one where you know just and again you know people are going to look at this site and go oh my god that stamp. <laughs> but you know, cash. This is this is an important thing. We get you know when I worked for auction companies, we would put out catalogs and or we would put out advertising where we would show a one cent Washington Franklin hit, but it was one of the real rare ones. And we would give a price realized of several thousand dollars, okay? And people would see our advertisement and look at it and say, oh, I've got that stamp. <laughs> and then they would call us and tell us that they had that stamp. Well, of course, they didn't. They just had one of the common Washington Franklins and not that stamp. And so you really got to go to your catalog, figure out what stamp you really have. And then if you find that you have something really rare, that's when you uh, contact somebody to, uh, uh, like yourselves uh, at PSC, to get it uh, um, expertized. Yep. But uh, in so, this case, unfortunately, the poor guy <laughs> thought he had a really valuable stamp. Well, the, the picture is right there. He's yeah. looking at the website, pointing at it. And, <laughs> and then the killer was that that website was actually used as a reference for other websites. So the other websites just continued on the bad information. It is a red mercury stamp. Yep. Well, identification of stamps is one of the most important things any collector can learn. Today, our expert topic is a follow-up on our discussion in episode number 303. Go ahead and listen to that one if you haven't yet. And we have one of the best experts on grilled stamps with us today, Rex Bishop. Uh, Rex, why don't you give everybody just a little tidbit of who you are, and then what are grilled stamps? Okay. Um, uh, I've been in the stamp business for 46 years now. <laughs> I uh, uh, started out my career working for auction companies, and for about uh, uh, 35 uh, years of that, I uh, worked for various uh, auction companies prescribing stamps for their catalogs. Um, uh, for the last uh, 12 or 13 years, I've been doing stamp expertising, which I uh, do for PSE as well as for the Philatelic Foundation. And um, um, uh, that's kind of my background. Uh, I always had an interest in, in grills. And I have written an article in the Collectors Club Philatelist on uh, several of the grills that are found in the Scott catalog. But uh, those are not what we're going to be talking about today, I don't think. No, but uh, people should go through and uh, look for them because, like I said, grills are an interesting topic. There are fines to be made. There's money to be made. Uh, you listen to our past one, listen to this one, because we're going to give you some tidbits here. And uh, it is, a, stamp collecting is always a treasure hunt. This is a treasure hunt that everybody can participate in. So uh, in episode 303, Albert gave a definition of what grills are and why they were there. Uh, why don't you give us yours and uh, see if they match? Okay. And, oh, and again, um, uh, hold on. And again, we're talking about uh, the banknote grills, 
We spoke about the Civil War grills prior. This is going to be the banknote. Uh, what's the three? Uh, 132, 134 to 134. 134. 134 on. To 144, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh uh, I don't know what you said in your last podcast, but girls, uh, you're not a, a listener. Brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> girls were were a brainstorm of uh, Charles Steele, and he was a a, a, a director and a, a manager of uh, the banknote companies. He worked for both the National Banknote Company and the uh, uh, Continental Banknote Company and several other banknote companies over his career. And he had the patented for, patent for grills. And the purpose of grills was to prevent people from removing the cancels from used stamps. The government didn't want people to use the stamps over again. And they were using a very hard paper on the stamps that they were issuing. And so they, they wanted to figure out what they could do to keep people from washing the, the um, cancel off. However, uh, Steele's idea was is that he was going to press a some sort of a pattern or break the paper of the stamp so that when the ink of the cancel came on it, it would soak into the paper and make it hard to take off. That's the whole idea behind grills. And he did that the only company that really issued grills was the National Banknote Company. And they did it for three issues of stamps, the 1861 Civil War issue. Um, and those grills, there were like six different grills that they put on stamps, starting with some experimental grills. And then they had some production grills later on that they did most of the grilling on. Then you have the 1869 issue, which they grilled all of the stamps on. And the only really rare variety of that particular stamp is uh, those particular stamps are when they don't have the grill and they were issued without the grill and so that's a, a, a scarce thing so they were very good about grilling all of the 1869 values the banknote issue is kind of special because they did a terrible job of grilling them and that is what causes all the problems in identifying and in expertizing banknote grills. So how are the banknote grills different from the Civil War grills and the 1869 grills? Okay. The type of grill that is being used by both, mostly by both the Civil War issues and the, the 69s and the banknotes are what are called a male pyramid grill and it is a type of grill where a pyramid pyramidal points in a pattern is pressed into the front of the stamp it was not necessarily a terribly successful thing because the purpose of the grill was to cut the stamp but almost never did it really do that so i'm not sure whether it was very successful or not Continental Bank evidently did not feel that it was very successful because when Steele tried to promote it to them, they didn't buy it and they stopped doing bills with the Continental Bank note when he got the uh, got the contract. 
Now, the banknote grills are pretty much the same type of grills. There's two, there's two sizes of the grills. There's first an H grill and an I grill. And they are the same type of grill that you would find on a D, E, or F grill. The pyramidal point is not a symmetrical point. It doesn't come to just a point. They made the points on the on the grill to be asymmetrical so that at the apex it had a slit. It would it was supposed to cut the paper just like a knife would. Hold on. As like I say, it, Hold on. it didn't do that very often. Asymmetrical. Almost, go ahead. Asymmetrical. Uh, hold on. Asymmetrical. I have never heard yes, that word I before. Say asymmetrical. A perfect pyramid would end in a point at the top. Okay. These are an asymmetrical pyramid, so that you get to an edge that is kind of long in one direction, and just an edge in the other direction. Ah, it's so still a pyramid. So it's it's kind of a long pyramid. Okay. So and I so, can so I learned a new so I learned a new word. I can drop it uh, cocktail parties and show everybody that I'm smart now. Well, could it also be pronounced asymmetrical? Asymm <laughs> oh, asymmetrical sounds so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so the the a the the D E and F grills that were done on the Civil War issue are have a vertical uh, slit that goes into it. Parallel to the stamp, the, the slits would be vertical, and they would be vertical in the grill. The Z grill is the one that's different in the Civil War issue, and that's a very special kind of grill that everybody likes because they're so valuable. Some of our most valuable stamps in the United States are Z grills. And that one is horizontal. But the banknote grills, the H grill and the I grill, are made with a vertical point. Okay, each of the points in the in the grills are vertical. Now, the way you tell the difference between the H grill and the I grill is by the size of them. And size can be recorded in two ways. One, it can you can count the points horizontally and vertically, or you can take and put a millimeter gauge on it and measure the size, the total size of all of the points from horizontally and vertically. Scott, in their catalog, where it tells you um, H grill, for example, says that it's about 10 by uh, 12 millimeters. And below that, and, and it says about because the size will vary just a little bit one way or the other, depending on how heavy it is pressed and and how many points are in the direction that you're measuring, okay? Then it also gives you the number of points that are horizontal, and it gives you the number of points that are vertical. And in both of the banknote grills, this is a range of points. Uh, they list 11 to 13 horizontally for the H grill and a height of... Uh, 14 to 16 points. 
Now, this is kind of on the incidentally, let me give you the other size grill, which is an eye grill. That's a little bit smaller. And that one is eight and a half millimeters by 10 millimeters high. The number of points are 10 to 11 wide and 10 to 13 points high. The, the problem with banknote grills is that they did such a poor job that rarely do you get complete grills when they are placed on a stamp. Many of the stamps didn't get any grill at all. You can find multiples where you've got one, uh, a strip of three where you've got a fairly complete grill on one stamp, a partial grill showing only uh, a few points on the middle stamp, and no grill at all on the third stamp. Wow. And it's, it, pardon? Wow. That's interesting. Is that listed in the catalog? I have never seen that before. It's not listed in the catalog, but I've I've seen examples of that. Wow. The <laughs> the thing about it is is that because uh, you know we don't really know that you've got both. Uh, incidentally, let me back up just one second and tell you what stamps the banknote grills were put on. The banknote grills were put on only the national banknote company stamps. Okay, and the ones without grills are the ones that are found in your catalog uh, with number 45 through 155. And those are exactly the same kind of stamp that could have a grill. Now, we don't know whether because they were so careless in doing the grilling, whether these 145 to 55, 155, are just ones that got missed, or whether they did a whole bunch of stamps without grills, even though they were supposed to be grilling all of the stamps. Probably the latter, because the ones without grills are far more common than grilled stamps. So consequently, you get ungrilled stamps because they didn't grill some of the sheets of stamps, and you also get ungrilled stamps because they don't always press well and you don't even find the grill on them. That is, so, so the first principle in expertizing this stamp in these stamps is that you have to have the right printing of the, the, the stamp. If it is not a national banknote company stamp, if it's one of the continental banknote stamps, or if it's one of the American banknote stamps, it can't have a grill on it. And so if you find one with a grill on it, it's a fake grill. That's principle number one in telling ones that are fake, okay? The next thing that you need to do is you need to learn how to tell the two different sizes of grills apart. and you do that by counting points. And so I guess maybe I need to give you a little tutorial on how to look at grills. And this is something that is not easy and it takes a lot of practice. First of all, the grill is pressed into the front of the stamp. Uh, William Stevenson, who is the one who did the classification of grills, 
and is where most of Scott got its information about drills, in 1912, published an article that tells about all of this, okay? And he called the impression on the front of the stamp the footprint of the grill. And he said the footprint of the grill is always the thing that you look at to determine its, its genuineness. So most people look at the back of the stamp to see if it's got a grill because that's easier to see. There's no design there, and it's easier to see the points that are sticking through. But when you expertize and when you try to determine what is authentic, you've got to look at the front of the stamp. And that takes practice to figure out how to look at it and see it with magnification so that you can look at the grill points and uh, tell whether they are the proper type of points that were put in genuine grills. Most fake grills of the banknotes will be points that are not pyramidal and not have the right configuration. The kind of impression that a, a pyramidal grill puts in it is kind of an elongated X. The, the pyramid itself, the, the apex of it cuts a little line, and then out of each corner of that line are four legs that are the sides of the pyramids. And when that gets pressed into the stamp, you should be able to see that configuration on each of the points. Now, when you're looking at the uh, grills of the 1861 period or the 1867-68, the Civil War issue stamps, you will see this thing pretty easily. But you don't see it so easy on a, a banknote stamp. So the first thing that you're going to be looking at is you're going to be looking and seeing if you see these X configurations. If you see the X configurations, you have at least the possibility that this is a genuine grill. Very few fakes have good uh, X configurations in their grill points. Oh, I, I would go further. Usually they're I would go further than that and say that most of the fakes that we have seen are um, X's. And the way that I describe it is the it's like an H with a the legs of it flayed out. So it looks like an X with a line through the middle. If you look at the fakes, they look like they're put in with like a cheese grater where there's just little... Right. spots there's little poke marks so you'll get a bunch of poke right. marks uh what do you see mark right because you've seen a zillion of these too right um yeah you'll see that or you'll see little circles instead of x's i oh. see i see that quite a bit too yeah and again you know they're always really let nice and clean about the let me talk about the circles Circles are an interesting phenomenon of grills. You don't see them so much on the banknote grills, but you see them all the time on genuine 1861 period grills, the, the Civil War stamps. And it's an optical illusion when you're looking at the front of the stamp, the circle. When you take and put a whole 
bunch of points together, you're going to have the legs of the grills between the points coming together. And the grill is going to push into it the, and, and make that lower. And the circle it, that you see on it is the space in between each point that is raised up. And when you look at a front of a grill uh, in the, uh, Civil War stamps, you'll see these round circles all the time. That's kind of a, a clue to you that those are, are genuine stamps, that the grill point itself is, in fact, an X. But most of the kinds of fakes that you see on the banknote grills are either just bricks that somebody has put into it, or they're little squares, or they're little um, rectangles, and and they don't have any X configuration to them at all. And that's one of the ways that you tell the fakes. And incidentally, fakes are far more common on banknote grills than they are on the Civil War period stamps. Uh, with the possible exception of Z grills, which are so valuable, people try to fake those. You hardly ever see fakes on F grills and E grills, which are the common Civil War stamp grills. And interestingly enough, just this week when I was advertising some stamps, I found a fake F grill. I probably could count on one hand the number of fake F drills I found in my examination of stamps. And here was a fake one. And it was a pretty good fake. It had a pyramidal structure to it. But its points were all wrong, and it was impressed all wrong, and you could figure it out from that. Well, okay, let's ask the $99 question here. How much is a fake grilled stamp worth uh, not much <laughs> a fake grill stamp is like any stamp that is altered or damaged you know what is the value of it it is it is not what it's supposed to be so you can't use any value that had been placed on that for it but on the other hand it might have value to somebody that wants it for reference to be able to collect all of the different fakes and see how, what different kinds of fakes there are. So, um, so how I much? So, how much do you think a reference is worth? Then, because I have an example here, and it's on eBay, and you can do a search for this. The uh, item is uh, eight. It, the exact item is eighteen sixty eight one C Z grill. Reproduction number 85A, and it is $16.25. So for $16.25, plus I assume there's postage on it too. I, don't, I didn't look at, I don't have how much postage is, but let's say less than 20 bucks, you can have a fake Z grill to put in that spot in your album. So, uh, there's 20 bucks. Right. It's cheaper to cut out the photo from the auction tell. <laughs> that, that, that's probably not an unreasonable price considering that you're putting in an example of a $3 million stamp. And actually, if, if the picture is what you get, <laughs> if it's a fairly good-looking stamp. It's a one-center, 
it you know uh, the real Z grill has a Philadelphia cancel on the top. This one doesn't. This one has just a uh, bars cancel in the middle. But they show it. It has nice. It's well printed. It has nice fake perforations and a nice fake grill on the back. It's a it's a relatively nice looking fake that you know if you would have to be on really some high level drugs to be fooled by it but it will fill the spot for $16.25 right and in fact i have a scan of it here and it, you're right it is a pretty good example of a of a fake and it shows the kind of horizontal points that a z grill is supposed to have yeah, except they're sort of, uh, when I look at it, they're sort of, uh, again, they're just like the little dots or little poke marks. They are not the H, you know, the flayed out H or the uh, asymptomatic or, uh, yeah, or asymmetric. The, no, no, no. The, the way yeah, he's awesome. asymmetric. Asymmetric. Asymmetrical. And actually, right. I, I like the uh, term male pyramid grill better. Sounds like something uh, rather, well, uh, something you'd want to boast about. I can't see the front. I can't see the front of the stamp from the uh, from this scan here. I can't see the grill in that. It's pretty hard. The back of the stamp has been scanned, probably by putting some graphite on the points. So that you can see them better, and yeah. so that it'll scan better. And incidentally, that's a good technique to learn, and I can tell you about that. The back of the stamp, well, I told you that you have to look at the front of the stamp to expertize. The back of the stamp has some valuable things to it. So it's not that you don't look at the back. First of all, the back will often tell you that the stamp is drilled before you find it on the front. But the other thing is, is that if you put some graphite on the grill points, you can count them much easier, much easier, and you can also measure them much easier. And if you have a gauge that is accurate for grills, you can actually determine whether the spacing is correct on the points from the back. And, of course, spacing is one of the things that we look at that's got to be proper. Sometimes really dangerous fakes that have points that look pretty good have incorrect spacing. And that's a giveaway that they are that way. So, with that in mind, let me tell you an easy way that collectors can put graphite on the back of their stamp to make the grill pop out. It's a very useful thing, and some experts don't even know about this, I guess. What you do is you take a, a um, very soft pencil, soft lead pencil, and, and I have an artist pencil that's, you know, a real soft, like a 2 or 3 or 4B pencil. And you scribble onto a piece of paper so that you get a bunch of the graphite on the paper, and you take your finger and you rub it on the paper, and then you carefully brush your finger over the grilled area. And what that will do is that will put some pencil mark on the grill. And it makes the points jump right out. Now, people say, but I don't want to ruin my stamp. I don't want to have 
pencil on the back of my stamp, let me tell you something that's real easy. When you get done examining it and and measuring it and doing whatever you want to do to be able to see this grill on the back, take it and put it into watermark fluid. You know, I use lighter fluid. The stamp in lighter mark fluid. Wipe it lightly with your finger, and the lighter fluid will take all of that graphite right off, and it'll look like it just was before you put any graphite on it. You don't have to use an eraser or anything. So as a note to everybody out there, start checking your bank notes because you could have grilled ones. Again, you have to look at the correct stamps. It's the first issue, not the, not the American or the later ones. Um, rub them with graphite, and uh, let's see if anybody can find anything. Uh, send us everything. I'm still looking for a person who uh, has a 30-cent grilled stamp. Two of them have been expertized by the PF, and uh, they don't have any photos because it was done too long ago. And they haven't transacted since they were done back in the 1930s or 1940s. So I'm really, really super curious if there is a 30-cent banknote grilled. So that's something, if you find one of those, you may have a unique item. I got a question for you. Are you asking about <clears throat> excuse me the 30 cent banknote grill or are you asking about the 24 cent banknote grill actually both well the 30 cent is not an uncommon grill an h grill on a 30 cent stamp is is not uncommon i think you have them all the time rex i think he's referring to actually the 30 cent i grill is what he's actually referring to a 30-cent eye grill. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that there are any 30-cent eye grills. They haven't been discovered. Um, it, it says... In, and, it, you know, I'm not I'm not sure that all of the ones that Scott say exist, on, the eye grills exist on some of the ones that they're saying. A 12-cent is got... They've claimed that they found some on. Uh, I have never seen a genuine 12-cent eye grill. I have... But, I had the pleasure of seeing one on in in January of last year in Atlanta and uh, in person and actually examining it and it since has gotten a certificate from PSC. Yeah, but the 30 center they say there's two of them out there. They have certs. Right. But nobody knows where they are. Well, I think I think the thing that we need to talk about then is a little something that we have got into on on banknote grills and that is is that while there are two sizes of grills there are actually four different grills that come on the banknotes and the reason that there are four different is that there is an early state and a late state of each of the sizes the early state grill was produced in uh, 1870-71. The late state grill was mostly produced in 71-72, maybe in the early 73. The most common grill on the banknote that you will find is a late state eye grill. The reason I say it's the most common is because that's the one that's most easily seen by everybody. In fact, it's a grill that almost looks like the 
1869 grills. And what happened was this. Like I said, they were very poor in their production. And the early state eye grill was the kind of grill that typically did not have most of the points show on the grill. In fact, a very typical impression of an eye grill that's identifiable is to either see the outside rows around the grills with nothing in the middle, or you'll see the outside row and the top or bottom row, the side one side row and one uh, bottom or top row, they'll allow you to measure it and figure out that it is in fact an eye grill. H grills, the early state ones, were so poorly done that oftentimes you only see a few points, maybe a partial line or a partial line and another partial line, and you'll see a half a dozen points, and that's all you see. Because they were done so poorly, they retooled or re reconditioned the grill rollers. And what they did with the H grill is they kind of milled down the outer rows of the grill so that all of the points press better. It, apparently, they felt that the outside rows were holding the grill up so that it didn't press very well in the middle. And so they, they took and milled the outside down which truncates the, the grill point. In other words, instead of there being a slit there, now you've got a kind of rectangle. In other words, they cut off the top of the pyramid. Now, they did that slightly on the outside rows of the H grill and left the inside rows pretty much the same, and it made the H grills print better. So you will find some fairly complete impressions of a late-state H grill. On the I grills, they went overboard on it. They not only cut off the tops, uh, the tops of the uh, points on the edge things, they cut them all off. And so the late state H I grill is one where all of the grills are truncated. That means that they've had the top of the um, pyramid cut off. And when you see the impression of that, instead of seeing an X configuration, you see small little rectangles that have a little tip coming out of each corner of them, which are the sides of the, of the pyramids. So they're a, a, an X configuration, but the middle long part of the, of the X is very thick. And that is one that shows up all the time. It's most commonly seen on the one cent, two cent, and three cent, and the seven cent. Seven cent often has a late state eye grill. Uh, in fact, Scott's catalog value on the seven cent eye grill is probably overvalued because I probably see as many seven cent eye grills as I see H grills. Okay. The, um, the thing that you learn is, is that certain values have certain kinds of grills on them. And almost all of the rare eye grills that you find on the six cent, the 10 cent, the, um, uh, yeah, 
if you find it on a 12, yes, but the 15 cent in particular, uh, the 90 cent, you'll find an eye grill on occasionally. Those are all early state eye grills. I don't remember seeing any late state eye grills on those values, except maybe the six cent. The six cent, I think, has some, some late state eye grills on it. Now, apparently, the reason for that is, is because these values weren't being printed that much and grilled that much in 72 and 73. So you only get them when they were grilled in the early period. Well, that makes sense. Yep. So at any rate, that means that there are really four different kinds of grills that you're looking for. So if you're looking, you know, on, on a 12 cent, you know, Albert was saying that, that he had examined a, a 12 cent, it was probably an early state eye grill, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And and so uh, that's what what I would expect to see. I bought a stamp years ago out of Chapin's collection when that was offered back in the nineties. I guess it was eighties, nineties. Um, that I paid a ton of money for, and and because another person that saw it. Uh, thought he would uh, fit against me because he recognized it too. I recognized it as a early state eye grill. And I was a successful bidder on it. I sent it in for expertizing and I could not get the foundation to issue a genuine certificate on that stamp. Wow. It, probably, it probably was a genuine 12 cent eye grill. However, um, I haven't seen that stamp in 20 or 30 years, so I would have to see it again to be sure. And what I was saying back in those days is not the eyes I look at it with it today. I've had 30 years worth of experience since then. <laughs> so it's hard for me to know whether or not I was really right that it was a genuine, but the foundation wouldn't certify it as genuine. Fortunately, they said it was fake. And because they said it was fake, I was able to return the stamp, get my money back, my $6,000 that I paid for it. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you very much, Rex, for everything. That was fantastic. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this silkcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. 
Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.